Hey, Julie. Hey, Lisa. We are in person together. And where are we? We are at the Lowe's Hotel in Boston. So excited to be here with you, Lisa. Not that we're counting, but over 900 days since we've been able to do this. I know. Not and we're not back. together in a yeah. hotel room, but, but you know. Well, yeah. together in a hotel room. I think it has been 900 days since we've been True. together in a hotel room. But I don't think we were. But we were actually in this very hotel about 900 days ago when we were here for the 2019 marathon. And you actually had come that year as a spectator, which actually was an amazing um, experience and meant a lot to me, I remember. Um, I always will remember having you here, um, even though you weren't able to run that year. But you're back, and you're ready to run this year. We're both ready to run. Yes, it's so great to be back. It's a beautiful weekend, and we are just so thoroughly impressed, as we anticipated, with the BAA and all they've done to make this unusual Fall Boston Marathon truly special. And we want to talk about it um, in a few minutes, but before we do, we just want to give a huge, huge shout out to Karen DiCamillo and the Montgomery County Roadrunners Club. Um, there were several organizers, I know it, some of whom, um, Stacy, uh, Kristen. Kristen, and um, I know there were probably a few more in there that um, very quickly decided to do a virtual run to honor Karen, who was unable to run Boston this year. She was planning to run it um, because she is fighting her own battle with breast cancer. And when Karen announced this, uh, our community, which is so special, rallied together to honor her Boston run by creating a course for her locally to run. And many runners locally, while we're all up here in Boston and many other races this weekend, ran loops uh, to run their long run and cheer Karen in. And we just learned also that they arranged for Boston race director Dave McGilvery to give Karen uh, his special congratulations and to let her know that he is thinking of her. I'm going to cry. It's so sweet. Uh, yeah, how he's thinking of her all weekend and how he wants to make sure she knows that uh, she's still a very important part of Boston, even though she can't be here. So huge shout out to our community, the organizers, and of course to Karen. Karen, we are thinking of you as well, and we wish that you could be up here with us, but we are hopeful that the community that is surrounding you and lifting you up right now is bringing you a lot of strength, and you know that our hearts are with you, even though you can't be here physically with us. So we are here in Boston, and uh, Lisa, why don't you go first? Because you got here first. You beat me here. <laughs> I, I, I did beat you here this year. This is the first time I've actually ever come up on a Friday um, when we booked the hotel like a really long time ago. So tip number one for anyone who's listening who may be thinking about doing Boston in April or in the future, always book your hotel very early. Um, and we did that. And when we did, we booked it Friday through Monday, just thinking that we may need an extra day. And so I figured, you know what, we've got it. I'm going to come up on Friday. And um, very interestingly, every year coming up, and I don't know, you can talk about your flight experience, but usually you get to the airport in D.C. on Saturday, and you can start spotting the Boston jackets already that are especially, on, obviously, on the Boston flights. And usually the flight's about half full with um, runners or spectators or supporters that are coming up. And interestingly, yesterday on my flight, um, the Friday flight to Boston, um, I saw I saw two of our friends from MCRC, Brian Murphy and his wife, Jen. Um, other than that, we couldn't identify any other runners on the plane, which was, you know, felt a little different. Usually you feel like, like I said, feel like really you see a lot more uh, people coming up to Boston. So I think maybe Friday night it's a little less, um, less popular time to come. I think Saturday it starts to be you know, the influx of runners. So um, I had a really smooth, luckily a smooth flight up, um, got into Boston and, you know, just you fall right back into 
Boston time, even though it's October, it's different. So the air feels a little different. The trees look a little bit different. Um, the vibe is a little bit different. But, um, you know, right back in Boston, you get to the airport, uh, signs everywhere welcoming the marathoners. Uh, um, you know, my Uber driver immediately said, are you here for the marathon? Everybody knows, you know, the marathon's going on. So um, I got to the hotel very uneventfully, um, had a good night's sleep last night and really uh, waited for you to get in today. Um, and we can talk about uh, your flight first and kind of your trip in and then I think it would be helpful for people maybe who haven't quite gotten here yet or gotten through the vaccine verification and expo process but we'll talk about what that's like and any tips from our experiences. Yeah so first of all Lisa I want to thank you for uh, getting all the necessities which include M&Ms in our room. We've got some peanut M&Ms, peanut butter, pretzels, and lots of electrolyte drinks. So thanks for taking care of that business. For, yeah, I made a yeah. trip to the tri trip to the Star Market last night, which is like the little grocery store here. Before anything else, sugar. I yes, I've um, got in carbs. So yeah, so I came up this morning. I I went to um, a high school football game last night to watch my daughter cheer, which is fun. And it, it kind of took my mind off the race. I was I'm, I'm a little nervous, admittedly. I haven't run this thing since 2018, um, as you mentioned, and, and I'm admittedly a little nervous, so it's nice to kind of distract myself. But this morning, you know, I got to the airport, my flight was at 920, and uh, Southwest announced that the pilot uh, was, was missing. And I looked around, and you, you guys, like the... The gate was... Because your plane probably was a majority of Boston marathon runners. It was runners. just the gate right. was filled with people wearing their Boston jackets. You don't mess with Boston marathoners who are getting of the the missing pilot, the announcement, and they're, they're just... You felt the tension. You felt the quiet rage. I think you could have flown the plane, Julie. <laughs> no. I was just... I watched... And volunteers. I just kind of watched. There were like several women who immediately were going back and forth up to the gate um, attendant, who, of course, it has nothing to do with gate attendant, asking her questions very politely. But you could just feel everyone kind of getting on their phones. And I admittedly was looking to see if there were any other flights because when you hear a pilot's missing, you automatically think, okay, well, that means that someone's on strike or the flight's going to be canceled. And there was nary a flight to be found anywhere from the D.C. area. Um, at least today. Fortunately, a uh, short story is after waiting, uh, it felt like a really long time, but it was probably like 45 minutes. A Another uh, pilot was located. We clapped for him. He flew the plane. Plane landed. And, and he was a legit pilot, right? All was good. All was well. I figured it was a Boston Marathon yes. runner being like, I'm a pilot. I can fly. Let's get us there. <laughs> we cannot be late. Seriously, it could have been. So, yeah. So, all is well. And um, I just like you. It was so wonderful to return to Boston. Uh, to meet you here at the Lowe's Hotel, to be right up the street from the finish line. And as soon as we started walking outside, I forgot that it's October. It just feels like Boston weekend. And wow, the Fan Fest is amazing. So uh, for those of you who are running who haven't made it up here yet, there's this outdoor area um, right off Boylston Street with a huge um, space with speakers and all kinds of uh it's right at the finish line. Right at the finish, the finish line. Fans, yep. activities, and everyone's just kind of milling about. It is so festive. It's such a beautiful day. And there is a, an Adidas store there for people who want to buy gear and don't necessarily want to do it in the expo. Um, you can get it there. It's it's such a great vibe. I think they should do this every year. But as you pointed out, Lisa, not every year the weather is as warm as it is. And just pleasant. Such yeah. a nice day. It's a beautiful day here in Boston. So um, we did a Facebook uh, Live kind of shot while we were there so you can kind of get an idea of what it's like but it, it is it's a great 
great vibe and um, really lots of excitement. Yeah, so we got to hear the uh, true uh, goat of the Boston Marathon speak today. Uh, Meb Kapleski spoke, and his words were super inspiring. We kind of stumbled upon it, and that's what's so cool about Boston and being here is as Meb said, and it's true, it is the Olympics for amateur runners. And as a result, all of the professional runners are just milling about with the amateur runners. Everyone's just out talking and, and mingling. And there's Meb, and we see him, and we're like, oh, Meb must be speaking soon. There he is. And I mean, he, he's, he's kind of a big deal, but he's so unassuming. And the way he always acts with everyone else, he's just, he really understands and connects with runners in a way that I think is very unique. And so Meb gets up on the stage and he's interviewed by Erica. I should know her last name. It's um, She just won the 20K, 20K champion, yep. championships. Um, I don't remember. Someone is saying her name right now while listening and I yeah. don't have my notes, so sorry. Um, she was great. She interviewed Meb and he talked about and basically um, in two minutes told his incredible journey, which so many know, but just quick review, which I won't be able to do is is adeptly as Meb, uh, his father left his family in Eritrea, Ethiopia, and left his the six children and his mom to um, be able to allow his family to leave what was a dangerous situation in Ethiopia. But before he was able to do that, he had to make some money. And so he lived without his family in Italy. And he met a physician there who he was working for, and the physician offered to give uh, Meb's father money to help bring his six children over and eventually Meb's entire family reunited and eventually of course they ended up in California and eventually of course um, this, as the story goes Meb ran a mile in PE class shortly after he arrived in the United States and his gym teacher predicted that he would win the Olympic medal four times. Yeah and I thought what I thought was really um, funny was that um, you know, he went into this mile. He said his goal was to get an A in the class and to and to win a T-shirt because the the um, coach had said if you it was under 650 for boys and under eight minute mile for girls, if you could run that, you would get an A and you would become a member of the mile club, whatever the you know the the, the mile club that they had at school, and you'd get a T-shirt. And so he did it, and he clocked 550, I think he said, and. Um, and uh, his coach did say, you're going to the Olympics. And he said, I never had a TV. I didn't know, you know, I'd just come to the U.S. I never had exposure to, you know, he, he didn't even know what that meant. He said, all I knew was A and T-shirt. And I thought that was just great. In his mind, he just wanted an A and a shirt. He didn't know he was great. And um, and, and I, what I really liked about that, too, was um, he really emphasized uh, the importance of his coaches and the role that his coaches had in shaping his his future and encouraging him and supporting him. And he said he still talks to his coaches to this day. He said he just missed a call from one of them uh, yesterday. So that, as a coach, to me spoke spoke so loudly that um, you know the impact that his coaches had on him. Yeah, I I forgot about that point until you mentioned it. But I had the same thought. Like, wow, what a what an incredible coach and and what an incredible person and runner. Of course, Meb is. And then. I also really loved what he talked about the 2014 race and how he made a commitment after the bombings in 2013 that he was going to return and win. And he said, I had a 1% chance. Yeah, I he was... said he was ranked 18th coming in um, into that elite field. He was ranked 18th, had a 1% chance. And he said, but he had, but he had that, um, that conviction and that, um, you know, that, that determination to come back and, and do something in honor of those, of those people who had died the year before. Yeah. 
So he said he had belief, and then he also talked about how he wrote their names on his bib with a Sharpie that year because he didn't want to piss off his sponsors. Right, by putting them on his shirt, or he said he couldn't, <laughs> he didn't know how he could put them on his, his, you know, on his person without making his sponsors angry. So he did, he wrote them, and, um, and to me that just spoke to, we've talked about this before, and we talked about this on our last podcast, the power of the mental, the mental part of running, and he just had in his mind, he said, everyone, you know, the other runners were ranked higher than me, they were given better odds they were you know trained just as well he said but i had the determination and that um that and the really, belief the belief i had the belief right mm-hmm. he really just that was what he believed and when you where your mind goes your body follows so that was really a great way for us to kick off kind of the you know the weekend and reminding us why we love this here so much it is like the olympics for runners and um it does bring together the greatest of the runners with um you know those that are quote unquote, just those who qualified and charity runners. And, and we're all here and everybody kind of has a shared sense of, of purpose. Um, and, and what we've been um, really, um, this year has been different for us. And we've had a lot of questions about what the logistics would be like in terms of getting vaccine verified, in terms of going to the expo, what would the expo be like? And we now have some answers. So for those of you who have not come yet, um, first of all, very easy, very little time at both um, the no vaccine lines. verification and the expo. All throughout the day today, I thought maybe it would get more crowded. There have been no lines. So the vaccine verification tent is near the finish line. And um, if you need to be tested, then that's a different procedure. You do have to get tested. The results take about an hour and they come to you via email and then you can get your wristband. But for those who have a vaccine verification, you bring your um, your bib uh your uh, it's like your passport, your runner passport, which you can get um, just downloaded to your phone from a link that was emailed to you, and a picture of your vaccine card, and they just compare the names and check the dates and make sure that looks good, and then you get a bracelet that doesn't come off for the weekend. It's just a fabric bracelet with a secure, you know, a secure thing, something that secures it to your wrist, and um, you're off to the expo, which is just a few blocks up. Um, Boylston and again no lines surprisingly but I I was surprised there were no lines until we went in and then we figured out why there are no lines um, because there's really no expo this year Um, there is uh, for those who are familiar with the Boston Expo typically it's on two sides of the expo hall there's a you know hundreds and hundreds of vendors on two sides well this year on one side it is only packet pickup and uh, when we were there both times today I went to get my bib and then we went back to get yours nobody like there were maybe five people in the entire um, entire area. So no lines to get your bib. Uh, you get your bib and then you walk over to the other side of the expo hall, which again in the past has been the other half of all of the vendors and um, expo, you know, the, uh, the organizations that come to the expo. And really it's just um, the major sponsors. So Morton, um, Morton Gels, they're just, it uh, looks like they're doing pickup for people who may have pre-ordered or reserved uh, Morton Gels. And then there uh, is a Gatorade booth that is is sampling Gatorade Endurance. There's a Sam Adams, um, like a beer garden, which is very bizarre. I guess they're giving out maybe free beer. So there is a beer garden in the middle of the expo area. Um, and what else was there? Uh, like a marathon, um, the the photo marathon photo is there. So kind of the major sponsors of the marathon uh, are there. And that's it. Yeah, so if you're looking to get some cool Boston Marathon oh, there gear. Oh, I should say there is the big Adidas store. There yes. There is a big Adidas store. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you're looking to get Boston Marathon gear, I was going to say the Adidas store is how you can get the most expensive original gear. But if you're looking for cool Boston Marathon gear that ordinarily you would find at other vendors at the Expo, we would suggest heading down Boylston to Marathon Sports. They've got a pretty robust selection of um, shirts and shorts and whatnot that say Boston Marathon. And a lot of 
their stuff is typically at the expo as well. So head on down there if you want to pick up some fun t-shirts and things like that. Um, yeah, and there are stores like Nike, mm-hmm. Adidas, um, Tracksmith, um, Lululemon. They all have you know their stores, and many of those have um, have Boston specific gear that they not have. Lululemon not this Lululemon year. right not yeah. Lululemon they did not they said they did not have time to do it once it was um definite that the marathon was taking place they didn't but we know we went to Tracksmith mm-hmm. Tracksmith had Boston specific gear um I noticed Nike it looked like had some Boston Boston specific um um or at least Boston on it Boston just written on it but uh, yeah so you can find those stores and other and like we said at the fan fest there's a pop-up adidas uh store so you can get pretty much everything you can get in the big store there as well yeah so you'll save money this year by not buying a lot of crap at the expo because there's nothing to buy so that was a little weird but uh it was actually kind of nice because the weather's beautiful this weekend so we can just kind of spend our time outside we went on newberry street we walked around and then we went back to the fan fest this afternoon and much to our delight uh we ran into two different sets of listeners who Recognize us. us, which is so random because we really still can't believe people listen. But we're so and grateful. They recognize us. Yeah. They listen, but they don't look. I mean, but they would also recognize us. Maybe they heard our voices. Maybe. <laughs> so we met um, some lovely women from Minnesota, Jen, Jen, and Sherry, and then we met John and his wife from Toledo. So anyway, just a reminder for anyone listening and hearing this on time: we do have our meetup on Sunday morning. That's tomorrow morning at nine a.m in front of Brewer Fountain at the Boston Common, and we are super, super excited um, to meet and see everyone. Yeah, and we, we have something special, so. Special giveaway to the yes. first 50 people. 50, I mean, yeah, 50. About first 50 people who yeah. come join us there, we've got a special, special giveaway. Special Boston giveaway. Yeah. Boston Marathon giveaway. Yes. 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 So, yeah. So, Lisa, how are you feeling about race day? On Oh, we have to race? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I told you, we always come here. We have, like, such a great weekend. And then on Sunday night, I'm like, oh, oh we have to do a marathon tomorrow. Marathon. I like the weekend. Um, you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. I've, I, I have, like, mixed feelings, um, kind of like you. Because we haven't been racing a ton, I still feel a little rusty at racing. I don't know where exactly my fitness is. Um, and also in the back of my head, and this is true for you too, we both have qualifying times ready for April. So I'm not particularly motivated or feel any pressure to have to get a particular time. So, um, but honestly, that's how I go into a lot of my Boston marathons um, is kind of get to the start and see how I feel and see how the day goes and how the weather shakes out. And um, you just never know in a marathon. So I don't always go in with a solid pacing plan and, and a goal um, other than to enjoy the experience. So we'll see. I'm a little like... Um, apprehensive just because again we haven't been here in a long time I have done um since the you know you you were last year in 2018 I did 2019 and then I had done two marathons after that smaller well one was international and then a smaller one that I had done so I've at least done a marathon but it's still been a while um it's been now over a year since I've done a marathon so um so you just never know what's gonna happen so I'm um, kind of waiting for that excitement to kick in a little more, but, um, but it's, it's, it's coming now that we're here. Yeah. What about you? Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm definitely nervous, but I'm excited. I think, uh, preparing all of our runners race plans for, I mean, we have so many runners racing Boston this weekend and also Chicago and, um, Mohawk Mohawk Hudson. Hudson. And then of course, last weekend we had runners doing 
uh, Wine Glass and Twin, Twin Cities. Cities. Yep. So we've been doing a lot of race plans for other people, and that gets me thinking about my own race plan. And I think for me, what I've had to really focus on the past few days is remembering and retaining my fueling plan because you know we've talked about this so much on our podcast fueling is unfortunately in the marathon it isn't something that's instinctual like you really do have to have a fueling plan and it doesn't necessarily come easily when you're in mile 20 you know of a marathon your brain is fried so I'm someone that I really like to memorize my fueling plan and remember what I'm doing so that I can sort of nail that down and in terms of pacing that of course depends a lot on the weather. Well, um, obviously for all of our races, um, we tell our runners and we tell ourselves, you definitely want to run the first few miles of any marathon as a warm up. You definitely want to run at least, at least 10 to 15 seconds slower than your goal race pace. So I think for me when doing that, especially on a warmer day, that's a great time to check in and say, does this feel really slow? Because this doesn't feel really slow, then I need to go a little slower. And um, I really think that is super important. I know our Chicago runners are so ready, and um, that race is tomorrow, and I know that so many of our Chicago weathers, runners are nervous about the weather, and what we keep saying to all of them is, this is the weather you've trained in, and it's even cooler than a lot of the runs you've done, but it's still not ideal, optimal marathon conditions, and rarely is it ever. So just know, runners, that you are prepared because we've all trained through the summer. It is rare, it is so rare to get a perfect, perfect day. So knowing that we've trained in imperfect conditions all summer long certainly gives us the fitness to be able to withstand some hotter temperatures. It doesn't mean that you won't have to be smart. Still have to adjust. And adjust, but it doesn't mean that you can't have a really great race. It also emphasizes the importance of starting out easy, though. Because if you start out too hard on a good day, you're going to put yourself behind the eight ball later. And if you start out too fast on a hot day, you're really digging a hole for yourself. So correct. Um, check in with yourself. Ask yourself: Is this? Does this feel right? Does this feel like you said? It should feel easy. It should actually feel easy at the beginning of a marathon. And if it doesn't, you've got to ease it up. And and it may not be the pace that matches what you thought your pace was going to be, um, but adjust and and settle in as you get into the race and recognize that that weather is although we've trained through the heat so we're in a better position than if we had trained through the winter and come into a hot day um, it still will affect your body's ability to um, hold a certain pace so um, adjust accordingly and trust your training and like you said kind of stay within yourself and make sure that you're checking in with yourself and making sure that it feels appropriate yeah good advice and don't be hard on yourself. I mean, we, we, we can only do so much. Weather is an uncontrollable. Remember, we can only control our controllables. So how we respond to weather, how we respond to a cramp, how we respond to a moment when we're feeling down, that's when we take all the tools. in fueling the, plan, uh, hydration yeah, plan. Absolutely. All of, that, yeah. all of the tools that we have talked about on this podcast, including having a mantra. Um, when you hit a negative moment, remember that it's just a moment. It doesn't mean that it's the truth. It's just a negative moment. Think about what can I do right now to change this particular situation? Is it about your fueling? Perhaps your blood sugar is low and that's why suddenly you're in a bad mood. Um, so think about those things. And if you have a moment where you have a cramp, really simple advice, uh, just as a reminder, if you start to cramp, which happens, if you can, keep running. Yeah. If you can. Change the way you run, yes. though. You can do some high knees, some butt kicks. 
I've even seen people do this, you gotta be careful, but run backwards, because when you do that, you change the muscles that you're emphasizing that you're using. So whatever muscles are cramping, you may give them a little bit of a break. So change up, and if you're somebody who's running a flat course, like you're running Chicago, or you've got another marathon that's coming up that's flat the entire way, do that early. Start doing some strides, some high knees, some butt kicks early, so that you don't get to that point where your muscles are so fatigued that they are cramping up. But yes, if that happens, try to keep moving and just change the way you're moving a little bit. Yeah. So anything else for today? I think we'll come back tomorrow too for yeah. the last minute tips. Yeah. All right. So signing off for today, and we hope those who haven't yet made it to Boston safe travels and to all of our runners racing Chicago and Mohawk Hudson tomorrow, good luck. Or actually, not good, not good luck. Trust your training. Trust your training because you're prepared. Yes. All right. <laughs> we learned that last week. <laughs> Bye, Lisa. Bye, Julie.